0: My name is Adele. Today's Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah, verses 1 to 5. Listen for the word of God, the word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains. And shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord. From Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Today's gospel reading is from the Good News, according to Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 to 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son But only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken away. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at the unexpected hour. Thanks be to God.
1: Let us pray. Come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus we pray. May you in your word walk among your people. May you open our hearts and our eyes to the joy of your salvation. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So the Christian year is weird, to say the least. It's weird. It begins here in late November, near the end of the secular year. But the Christian year doesn't begin at the beginning of the story. You might expect it to begin with maybe the book of Genesis, the creation of the world, Instead, our reading from the book of Isaiah is all about the days to come. And our reading from Matthew is all about the coming of the Son of Man, which we often refer to as the second coming of Christ. The Christian year doesn't begin at the beginning, but it begins in the future. It begins at the end of the story. And our passage from Isaiah is a vision of that future, that end of time. The word of Isaiah, son of Amos, what the word Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And I mean, I I love that. A word that Isaiah saw. He saw the word. I don't know if it was up in the sky or if it was, you know, in front of a babbling brook, but he saw a word. He saw a vision. He got a revelation. The curtain's been drawn back. In the days to come, he says, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above all of the hills. In this vision, Isaiah sees the temple of Jerusalem, the most holy of places, the place where God is uniquely present, the place where the divine world and the human world intersect. And in this vision, the mountain It sits on, kind of keeps growing. It keeps going, you know, up and up and up and up, higher and higher until it punctures the clouds of heaven. And two things are going on here. This mountain is where God is enthroned as the king of the universe. The fact that this holy mountain rises above all other hills and mountains means that God's will and God's care, they cover all of creation. The world is the way that God wants it. That's what it means. And the second thing is that the mountain is a conduit between heaven and earth. The holy, unseen spiritual reality beyond our perception. The world beyond the one we can taste, touch, and observe. In the days to come, Isaiah says, in the days to come, these worlds are now intimately interconnected. They're bound together permanently. Heaven and earth, God and humanity, God and creation are finally coming together. They're finally coming together in this everlasting embrace. And when this happens, it says, all the nations shall stream to this mountain. Not just one nation, but all of them. Many people shall come and say, let us come and go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God, the God of Jacob. You know, there's Canadians there. You know, there's Congolese there. There's Japanese, North and South Koreans, Sunni and Shia, Indian and Pakistani, Russian and Ukrainian, Turkish and Armenian, Israeli and Palestinian, Taliban and American. An endless parade of multicolored flags, different races and nationalities, dialects, cultures. And customs, friends, and enemies. In the days to come, says Isaiah, all people of the earth shall stream to this holy mountain above all other mountains. All people will gather at the mountain of the Lord and they'll gather for a particular purpose. The purpose, it's not just a hangout, (laughs) they'll gather for a purpose, Isaiah says, that God may teach us his ways and we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. All people will finally gather and learn how to live, to take the way of life that God intends for us seriously. Eugene Peterson, in his message translation of the Bible, says that the people will gather so we can live the way we're made to. The people will, people will gather so we can live the way we're made We're made to. The nations will learn God's ways, a way that leads not to emptiness, to destruction and death, but to life and to human flourishing. Life as it's always intended to be from day one. Here God's acting as a teacher. God's sort of the cosmic sensei, teaching everybody the moves. But also a judge, And a diplomat between the nations of the world. He shall judge between nations, says Isaiah, and arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Weapons of war will be melted down. And so will the human heart. By the power of divine love. People will no longer oppress each other, nor will they find reason to fight. Suicide bombers who live in despair and humiliation, seeing no other way, will trade in their vests for bags full of wheat and barley seeds. The barbed wire encasing Uighur Muslims in Chinese prison camps will be torn off the walls and spread along the countryside for herding cattle. Machine guns used by child soldiers in the Sudan will be melted down for rakes and shovels and garden hose. Drone bombers will be salvaged for tractor parts, swords into plowshares. I mean, even Comox Air Force Base will be put up for lease because it won't be needed anymore because we shall study war no more human conflict will be resolved by God's diplomatic intervention in the days to come for good and forever. For good and forever in the days to come. It's an incredible vision, isn't it? I don't know about you, though, but I have a lot of trouble believing it. I have a lot of trouble believing that it is true. Why? Simply because the world doesn't look like it's going that way. The world feels less peaceful than it did even a year ago, more swords and spears being pounded into existence than out of existence. And day after day, a new crisis after new crisis seems to pile up. I have trouble believing that Isaiah 2 is anything more than just a vision, a lovely thought, a beautiful dream, simply because there is no evidence in our world to suggest that it is true. There is no evidence. It is hard to believe. I should just end the sermon right there, and uh, we can all go home and feel bad. But of course, I am a Christian. I'm not always a very good one, but I am a Christian. And one of the Christian things, the Christian things is that Isaiah's vision is indeed more than an outburst of moving creativity on behalf of the prophet. This vision is in fact a promise. It's a promise. Not that one day this could happen if we just get our acts together, file our taxes on time, write the right proposals, elect the right Governments post the right opinions on social media? No. It's a promise that one day, in fact, Isaiah's vision will be reality. That Isaiah's vision will be reality, not just may be reality, but will be. That life will imitate art. This life will imitate this art in Isaiah's vision. That the creator of the universe, the one who came to us as a little child at Christmas, the one who came proclaiming peace, who came healing the broken, feeding the hungry, the one who came forgiving his enemies and blessing his persecutors, dying on a cross for the sake of the world, this same God will one day return to complete the work that he began in Bethlehem. That the glory of God shining in the face of Jesus Christ was just a foretaste, a glimpse, a sneak preview of a future so blindingly bright that no inch of darkness will ever remain. A future that is guaranteed to one day come to us, not by our own doing, but by the grace of Of the living God. For us, this is not just a vision. This is a vision that is a promise from the very mouth of the Lord of heaven and earth, a promise written in blood on a cross and guaranteed in a resurrection. This is how the story ends, and it's why we begin every year by reciting it over and over and over again. When will it come? That is the million-dollar question. When will this promise come true? We neither know the day nor the hour, Jesus says, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son of Man know the kingdom's ETA. Such a mystery is beyond us, buried deep within the heart of God. It will happen, Jesus says, out of the blue. Out of the blue, justice will roll down like waters, and righteousness a mighty stream like the flood of Noah. Some will be working in the fields and get washed away while others are left. Some will be grinding grain for dinner and get washed away while others are left. Like a flash flood, it'll come suddenly an unexpected and cleansed creation of all sin, violence, hatred, and war. As much the earth as the human heart. We don't know when, but when it does, the Prince of Peace will bust into the human heart like a thief in the night, one who has spent this time casing the joint to steal the human heart back to save it permanently for the purposes of eternal love. In the meantime, Jesus says we're supposed to simply keep awake, keep awake, seeing as how the day could be tomorrow or it could be whenever it's easier said than done to keep awake. It's understandable that we might be tempted to fall asleep. Not somebody downstairs, they're wide awake. (laughs) Ready for the Lord's coming. (laughs) Keep awake, they say. I mean, it's not literally to fall asleep, but to become, it's easy to become apathetic, to become complacent, to become tired, Weak, living for ourselves and not for others. It's so easy. we can become weary of waiting, wondering how long, O oh Lord, prone to doubt that the promise is true. It's completely understandable. It's hard to wait. It's understandable and it's hard to wait, but the good news is that we have a Lord who understands, who understands our weariness our fear, our demoralization. We have a God who understands just how easy it is to lose heart. You could say we need something of a supernatural stimulant to keep us going. And this is why we've been gifted with the Bible and the church and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Christ has promised to be with us and to strengthen us through them, to tell each other the old, old story of Jesus and his love in order to shine a light in our darkest days. We gather together today as every Sunday to be awakened, to be awakened to these beautiful promises week after week after week because we know how easy it is to fall asleep and how hard it is To wait. So, friends, hear the good news of the gospel, the Advent gospel. The day is surely coming, says the Lord. The day is surely coming when the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains raised above all hills. Surely the day is coming when all nations shall stream to it, and the Lord shall shine forth instruction and arbitrate among his peoples. Surely, surely the day is coming when swords are beaten to plowshares and spears into pruning hooks." Surely the day is coming when we will study no more, no more. Surely, surely the day is coming. We know not the day nor the hour, but surely the day is coming. Surely as the day is long and the sun's to rise tomorrow, surely it is on its way. And on that day, may he find us eyes wide, hearts open, and hands in service. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Surely, the day is coming. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Amen.
2: stand for our hymn of the day, O Day of God, draw nigh.
1: Please remain standing as we'll recite the ancient Nicene Creed. We only really recite the Nicene Creed together uh, leading up to Christmas um, because it's very long, and uh, <laughs> we some, sometimes get our tongues tied, but it is uh, one of the fundamental statements of Christian faith that uh, God came to us in the flesh to make all things new, true light from true light. So let's say it together We believe in one holy, catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. And this is the time in the service where we offer up our prayers. Any prayers we may have, and we have a prayer response God of mercy, does anybody have any prayers that they would like to share at this time?
0: <laughs> Hi,
2: yes, I'm asking for prayers for Michael Dobler's mother. She's uh, going in for heart surgery and she needs help because she's weak, and uh, we want her to make it through. Good so. day. Uh,
1: God of mercy. Does anybody else have a prayer?
0: continue to lift up the Ukrainians who are in the cold and dark and the other refugees that are escaping war